spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house on a wednesday night over to wigan today for to speak to a lovely guy who i've not actually met yet but i've spoken to him on numerous occasions and uh, this gentleman is big friends with uh, a friend of spoken labels Richard Harris. So is we've got with us today the wonderful Ray Douglas. Now, Ray, obviously, if people don't know you, and I don't know if they don't know you, I don't know why. So, first of all, mate, seriously, give us the general introduction. Tell obviously, obviously, obviously who you are and what started you on the creative path. And we'll take you from there. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Andy. First of all, thank you so much. Good to see you here on a Wednesday in the comfort of my own home. Um, <laughs> nice. So it's introduced myself. The day job is I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for about 25 years. Uh, I teach English as a foreign language. Um, so English has always been my instrument, if you will, both at work and at play. Um, so I've been lucky. I've, been, I've worked and lived all over Europe and up and down the UK in a number of different places. Currently back yeah. in Wigan, as I mentioned. Are you originally uh, from the Wigan area then, are you? Yeah, yeah, born and bred, born and bred. Yeah, Scouse parents, you... so the accent's a bit messed up. So mum and dad are Scouse, and I'm from Wigan, which made for a, a tricky childhood. Not for me, but for me mum. You've got to <laughs> out of a shell suit, a bit tricky, but there you go. Now, obviously, um, I found an issue for you, too. You're very, you're very helpful today. You've sent over to me a, bi- a lengthy bio. This, this, anybody knows you do your research on artists and like yourself. The length of the bio you've sent me is uh, pretty well been magnificent, one of the best ones I've read. So, but, uh, so we'll go through it and then you tell, tell us how to fill the gaps in where your creativity came from. Because you telling me, obviously, um, you graduated, graduated from St. Martin's College in Lancaster, didn't you? With That's a sports right. science degree. So yeah. where did the fact of becoming an English teacher come from with that, then? Uh, well, I mean, when you think of sports <laughs> science, you probably think about people putting on a tracksuit and a pair of football boots and running around fields. It wasn't anything like that. It was a bit tricky. Uh, it was a bit difficult. I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy the degree, but I love the people. I love Lancaster. It's a fantastic city. Yeah, love um, a big fan, big fan of Lancaster. So one of my best mates lives in lives in Hort, is Haysham, oh, near Haysham, Morecambe. Yeah. So that's just up the road from there. Yeah, do love more, love Lancaster. Yeah. Lancaster you can always jump on a boat in Haysham as well. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah, so actually in one of my final exams, um, I didn't understand the subject. It was a biomechanics exam. 
uh, and you had to turn up to the exam for the good standing of the college. So I sat there for 20 minutes, I wrote a limerick and then I left, which was uh, quite controversial and I'm quite famous for it. People thought it was, I had to, I was quite near the front of the hall, I had to walk all the way out past everybody. So all the drama students and, you know, community youth study students were all looking at me thinking, where's he going? Like, like these sports science students, they don't take it seriously. I was the only one good at that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I take it then, obviously, because I know we're, we're here to take a look at your writers, what's your teaching, really? I know, I'm guessing you're writing round about this point, weren't you, if you're writing limericks and exams? Well, I mean, I've always I've always scribbled with a pencil, always uh, had ideas and jotted them down. But when I left uni, I decided I wanted to be a writer, um, and I tried to start, start big, start writing novels. So I, I wrote my first novel, uh, which is actually about a gang of drug dealers, a bit kind of influenced by Tarantino, I suppose. I thought I'd try and bring that to life on the page. Uh, not a, an area of life I know anything about other than what you see on the TV, which... You know, write about what you know. That's the lesson you learn from that one. It was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible book. But I got to the end of it um, and I interjected it with loads of sound of um, autobiographical stuff, which I think a lot of people do when they uh, when they write the first novel or the first piece of writing, any kind of writing, really. I think your, your life comes into it quite a lot. So I, I did that. Uh, very much unpublished, very much uh, rejected by everyone who ever saw it. Uh, even spoke the, I even uh, spelt the title of it wrong. <laughs> So a lesson learned, though, a lesson learned. <laughs> I always believe in writing as well, Matt, and you've got to write crap before you can write good. I completely agree. And I, completely I started agree. writing poetry when I was 10, and some of the stuff I've got right up to what, pushing 30, I look back at it now and I go, red in embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> you kept it, though. You, you kept it. That's, a, that's, I, a, that's a, the thing. You don't know how bad I am, honestly, Ray, with it. And it's about you. We'll go back to you in a second, I promise you. I've got... Everything I've ever wrote is reasonably completed. I've got a poetry as one of A5 hardback books. Wow. I've got 60 of them. Crikey. Some of them, I, I, I was quite I, obsessive. I've got, I've got three hardback books. <laughs> no, in my case, like, some of these are up, so they're on big boxes. Some of them are wisely never going to get pulled out again. But they're just saying, yeah, they're, so you never know. You never know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway, back to you, mate. Kirk taught me all day. So now, obviously, I know you told me before. You've lived in quite a few places, haven't you? So now, and you've sent me a very good list here as well. So were most of these over your teaching then, were they really? Or? Yeah, yeah. My, my job's taken me to a number of places. So, I mean, I started off over in Turkey. I uh, lived in a place called Eskishahir in Turkey. Everyone always asks me, thinking they're going to recognise the place because they've been to Bodrum or Antalya. No. no. <laughs> um, no so it's like, it's like living well. in Wigan, but it was in, it was in Turkey. The place <laughs> famous for industrial and making trains and stuff. But a great experience to be away from home and learning another language or attempting to and having an authentic kebab, you know, not, not one of these ones you get on the corner. Uh, but then, yeah, they've been in Poland, Czech Republic, Spain, Italy, uh, Austria, in and out of Austria quite a bit. Yeah. Lived in Latvia for a week. Wow. <laughs> said about that one. Well, well, they ch take it to chase you. The cha did they chase you out after Latvia after a week? <laughs> no, no, I, I went running of my own accord. <laughs> No, I can see that. And you also lived in quite a few places in England as well, haven't you? Yeah, so. that's right, yeah. Yeah, just before yeah. coming back to Wigan, I was in Canterbury. I used to live about 100 metres away from the cathedral. Nice. So, well, uh, I've, got a friend, I've got a friend that lives there. And I know you tell me, obviously, you used to live in Oxford at one point as well. I did, yeah. And I've got friends that live in Oxford, and it's a wonderful city. It's expensive. I, I like telling people that I was three years in Oxford. So suddenly they start thinking I did my degree in Oxford, which is absolute nonsense. Oh. <laughs> I like the confusion just for a moment. Oh. <laughs> on Oxford, it always tickles me. Like, from the friends I know that live in Oxford, every time I go down and see them, all they do is keep moaning about cyclists. <laughs> yeah. Like ones that they've ran down or nearly killed and stuff. And so... 
exactly. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. So, Rose, that is, you're back in Wigan again nowadays, aren't you? So, yep. that's why. So, and um, you've, t- you've been telling me before that you're an online, you do most of your teaching online at the moment, don't you? So- All of it's online at the moment. Yeah, this is my, my second stint as being an online teacher. I saw the pandemic coming in there. I didn't think the guys I was working for just before that were going to look after me. So I went <laughs> online and it was, it was a good decision. The, the pay is terrible, but the commute's a dream. I'm just like, you know, oh, five no. minutes on my bed, five seconds on my bed even. Exactly. Uh, it's but perfect, I, I perfect. Online when I was living in Spain, I used to live in Spain, mm. in Russians, getting paid in American dollars into a British bank account. I mean, it's just confusing the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that would do that. Would, <laughs> that would do my head in completely as well, that moment as well, mate. So, <laughs> Now, um, I want to ask you about as well, obviously. We're looking at obviously about his poetry, really, so I know you've done a couple of books, but before we come to that in a few moments, I want to know this story about you. Tell me, you told me a little bit about this, uh, where you accidentally wrote a poem for the History Channel, 1999. Yes. That was using a poster campaign. And that just sounds absolutely surreal. But what I know <laughs> about you, Ray, is I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was the turn of the millennium, so 1999. Obviously, the you know the, the two thousand year two thousand was coming up, and the History Channel, which I now think is called Yesterday, anyway, it's the History Channel, and they were having an exhibition. They wanted people to send in photos and write a little bit about them. It's called Photos for the Future, and I put I, I sent in a little picture of my of my grandpa, my granddad, uh, but I put a little poem in the letter just to go with it, which summed up the uh, the, the exhibition itself, the actual the idea, the project. So and they they quite liked it. They used it on this poster campaign and. Because it was all voluntary stuff, they didn't pay me. Uh, however, they, they sent me a copy of, of the poster, which is over there. They sent me like this little copy of the poster. It's got Ray Douglas, uh, Lancashire underneath. I lied. It's normally Greater Manchester, but I put Lancashire. Sounds more romantic in my opinion. <laughs> really? So was this where your poetry first really came from, then, or were you writing poetry before this stage? Um, I've always sort of written um, stuff, you know, for family and friends. I'm sure mm. we've all done it. You know, the, the big birthdays, the, the you know, the weddings, the anniversaries, and stuff like that. So I've always written. Uh, funny poems to take the mickey out of people. Um, and I still do that today. The last one I wrote was with my sister, my uh, much older sister, let's put it that way, turned 50 re- uh, during the lockdown. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. She's going to miss out on the big party thing. So I wrote her a poem. And then I thought, oh, I'll record the poem. And then I thought, I'll get a couple of people to say lines. I ended up with 19 people in this YouTube video, which I put together. I sliced it all together, and my mum and dad popped up now and again. My other sister popped up. My sister's kids all popped up. Some of her friends all, all sharing these little funny lines. But some of the videos you were sending me were like three and four and five seconds long. They must have thought I was mad until they saw the finished thing, you know? Oh, wow. Now, I know someone's done some of that. done some of that, that myself. My wife has, because um, when she did her novels, over, yeah, I seen the link up. It's brilliant. Where she got a people we know to read out about a line, maybe two, yeah. of one of her novels, and it's absolutely surreal. So I've got to send it over to you. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's it's it serious. It's serious. I like it. It's, um, it. Those sort of things you're doing right can be really, really good. Now, I know, obviously, I can see what I know of you, and you sent a list over to me as well, of some rights are, your influences. And I can see the four you've listed, I can see. I don't know the fifth poet, actually. You can come on to that in a minute. But um, the one that's in the most recent you've introduced to, but people are wondering, like, your influences are, and I can see this when I've heard you read, Roe Dahl, Spike Milligan, Julia Donaldson, and Benjamin Zepariah. Less so with Benjamin Zepariah, but I could, I could see it a little bit. But I said, but, yeah. Now, so did you get, where did it, Where did your love of all these four writers come from? Then? I mean, Roe Dahl, I think, like a lot of people, we were introduced to at school. I mean, we, we read the books and we read Revolting Rhymes, 
And I remember um, doing a school project, first year of secondary school, we did a school project of uh, taking a, I think we took the, the giant turnip or the ever-growing turnip, whatever that story's called, and we wrote a poem. And we sent them off to Roldal. Um, whether he was still alive at that point, I don't know, but we got a letter back, probably a letter back from his company and his, his publishers or whatever, but we got a letter back saying how much he enjoyed these poems that we all wrote as a class. Um, so I don't know, I think that's always stuck with me, that, that idea, and I remember sort of leading my team towards writing the, uh, the best poem in the class kind of thing. Uh, but the Revolting Rhymes, I think, in particular, I always remember some of the lines from them, and uh, I've read them and bought them for my nephews uh, recently as well. So, yeah, I think they're fantastic, Roald Dahl. Julian Donaldson, I mean, I've used in class as well. I mean, the, the Gruffalo, I think, is a... It's a fantastic, such a simple, simple piece of work, uh, but an amazing and memorable piece of work as well. No, no, brilliant, brilliant. All great choices again there, definitely with that one. So now I've got to ask you, because obviously um, I've not, I've not actually, I'm going to hold my hands up now. I've not heard of the fifth point you mentioned. Is it Shell Silverstein? Shell Silverstein, yeah. I think he's from New York. He's certainly American. Um, and what happened when I lived in Canterbury, I had a team of teachers and I used to encourage them to take authentic stuff into the classroom. And this uh, this girl from New York, she came with this, this book, this big, thick, huge book, this like, anthology of this Shel Silverstein, and said, I'm thinking of using this in class, but I'm not sure what to do with it. And I took it, and I, I turned it into some teaching resources for her. Um, but it was basically very short poems, sort of four, six, eight, twelve lines, some a little bit longer, and one sketch. Some of it was uh, for kids, some of it was for quite political, some of it was, in fact, for adults. Yeah, you can, you can see that. I'm just looking him up when I was speaking. He's got a book. He had a book out called D's Big Nuts. And I thought myself, and I thought that could be taken both ways straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of innuendo in there as well. But this is this is what it really opened up my eyes. And I thought, well, I can draw a little bit. I mean, you can probably see behind me, Andy. I've got some of the pictures. I do with oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, you well. can. Obviously, so you people can see wondering, some we're there. actually an audio, audio podcast only. Yes. But for just the people that people aren't, obviously can't see what we're seeing. Right behind where Ray's sat, he's got a big board of it. It's almost like you're sketching ideas of poems of illustrations all the time, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, I use this as a background for when I do the, the YouTube channel uh, for the kids. So this, this is like a thematic background behind me when I do that. Yeah, that, 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 that Playboy image in the front of them is really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rabbit. No. It's just an innocent-looking rabbit. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No, no, that's brilliant. They're really, really good, then. Now, obviously... Moving right fast forward, and obviously, I know obviously like you did your first book in 2018, didn't you? Yeah. And and it obviously like I think it probably took you some a bit later on in life to decide, did it? You want to take your writing a bit more serious. Now, yeah. what made you want to uh, take take it to the next stage? And a couple of things. I think seeing that book, that Shel Silverstein book, and so just thinking I can do that. I can probably do one sketch and one poem to go with it. I'll do way around more more often. I do the writing and then the drawing. Um, and also a good friend of mine, Dan Worsley, he, he writes for kids uh, and he retired at a very early age and he, now he goes around schools and he, he writes short stories and uh, novels um, for kids and he's quite successful. And I had a chat with him and I sort of said, look, I think I've got enough here for a little bit of a book. And then we went through it together and he gave me some great advice and I thought, yeah, let's have a go at this. Let, let's let's try it, you know? Yeah. Now, obviously people wonder what your first book is and the great titles both your two books are, is The Silly Sausage Saga. I like trying to say that when I'm having a few drinks as well, and other <laughs> silly rhymes. Now, obviously, um, I know you were plotting this book for a couple of years before, for what I can understand. Mm -hmm. So obviously then, tell us about where the title for it, first of all, came from. And I'm guessing it's obviously, it's, it's better, I've, not, I've not read the book, I'm guessing it's an actual title of a poem. Uh, well, 
within the book, uh, there's lots of short poems. However, there's one kind of story, all written in verse. So it's, it's all, everything's a poem, everything rhymes. Um, so it, the Silly Sausage Saga is in seven parts. And so it's a, it's a sausage. And he, at the beginning of the story, finds himself, he's, he's in a fridge and he's all dark and he doesn't really know where he is. And then he starts to make friends with uh, the other components of what could possibly be, without giving any, anything away, a breakfast. So there's a mushroom, there's an egg. Uh, and then they find themselves, you know, all kind of shapes. So the fridge door opens, suddenly there's light. Uh, find themselves in a frying pan. I won't give away too much of the story because you have to, uh, you know, buy it and find out what happens. Does he get eaten? Does he get end on the plate or does he escape? So the sausage himself is trying to escape. So he's a bit of a silly sausage because he thinks he can run away. And the other parts of the food, the other parts of the breakfast, they're thinking, well, you know, we're breakfast. That's what we're going to do. Really? No, no, I said it's. Now it does say it's what I've heard of your stuff. I think you've read, you've read out some extracts too, but it is tremendous, definitely. So now obviously you, you've started them um, 2018, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, you started also uploading performances and pieces onto YouTube as well, didn't you? So was this um, a way of promoting your book or was making you bring your piece more visible to people, do you think? A little bit of both, I suppose. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I cheated at first and I, I was out of you, I was out of you. So I, I put together like a PowerPoint and the words appeared and I read over the PowerPoint. I was a bit shy. And there's an introduction. All my pieces are introduced with a, a harmonica solo. So I do a little harmonica solo and then the poem appears and then the harmonica solo when it goes. Um, but I've got a lot braver <laughs> recently since Zoom and uh, open mics and things like that. I've got a lot braver. So I do feature physically in my uh, pieces now on the YouTube channel. I think a lot of it is say, just getting confidence for yourself sometimes, isn't it? So... When you when you've got the it's building your nerves, getting past your nerves a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that's what's done a lot of us really, because I've been active that way for years now, really. But I remember Amanda was like this, it took her time to get accepted, basically. And you do, and you just take time building everything up, doesn't it? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean you've got to try these things. You've got to try them, you've got to find your way of doing it. And then you pick up ideas from other people, and, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Really? There's no yeah, original yeah. idea. It's just, no, no. Uh, yeah. I think there was it's like there's only six original plot lines, isn't there? I reckon, can't they? In uh, all kinds of writing. And I thought a lot of it's how you how you interpret it. So that's where you can make millions out of it. So yeah, definite. Now, obviously, um, I know your second book came out last year. That's and right, I, yeah. And Lucy the Tooth Fairy's last chance and some pretty witty ditties. I love that. Pretty witty ditties. <laughs> now, obviously, around about the same point, you started, I know that's when we first met last. Was it last year or this year? Oh, God, crikey. It must have been last year. No, right? it must have been. It was this year. This year. This year. Because I knew about you. I'm, I think I saw you read once or twice on Nice. Ah, okay. Our friend Richard Harris was that, who had ah, basically okay. been praising you ever since. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you were, I know you've been telling me, obviously, you were you started doing Zoom in 2020, didn't you? So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, late, late 2020, I guess. Yeah. What made yeah. you want to do that then? Well, well the Zoom or, or yeah, the Zoom. Or the Zoom. The Zoom thing. Um, we'll second book in a minute, yeah. To be, I was plucking up the courage to go in person to the um, the old courts in Wigan where they do an open mic. I was plucking up the courage, and uh, just before the lockdown sort of came in, or the pandemic came in proper, um, and I, I bottled it one time. I didn't go, and then it, it, everything closed down. And then suddenly I saw that they were doing it online, and I thought, <laughs> well, do you know what? That, that's a bit less nerve wracking, isn't it? Let, let's let's break our cherry, let's pop our cherry, sorry, by uh, doing it online and uh, getting used to the idea. So that was quite good. And then um, I bumped into a, a few other people on there and noticed they were going to other places. You know, you make friends on Facebook, don't you, with the people you meet? Um, 
and so you sort of well, such a body's going. I know Sean Fallows is going to that one. I'll, I'll follow him to there. And Richard Harris is coming over to the one in Hull, and so you kind of follow people, and I ended up with sort of being a regular at quite a few of these. And they've been, they've yeah. been good, really. Yeah, I think they've been really good as well. So I've done loads myself, and that's why I think when I first came aware of you really through that really. Yeah, no, no, they are really, Haven't they got advantages and disadvantages? I think it's probably the best way of putting it. But yeah. I think it's helped just help me get used to them seeing people read poetry from other countries and stuff like that. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And I was always yeah. a bit nervous, I guess, because because I, I write for kids. I always thought, am I going to be a bit out of place? Are people going <coughs> to, you know, switch off and not listen? Because as soon as I say, look, I write for kids, because I like to warn people. I mean, they should be able to work it out. <laughs> but you know, I do like to say, look, I write for kids, and you know, if that's not your vibe, then you know, you, you're forgiven. That's fine. And I didn't think I'd be too accepted, but it's been brilliant. Everyone's been really warm and welcoming, and. You know, now and again, people go, well, I write for kids as well. And they, they know they read like like Nick uh, Topchek and uh, Ivan Ugarte. They, they, they kind of pull out the kids' stuff as well and sort of join in a little bit, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I love kids' stuff myself. It's just a different field of things, that's why. It is very, I think it's, it's very, I think, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, and I'm interested in knowing before we come on to your second book in a minute, is I think it's harder to write for kids, actually, and do adult poems a lot of the time. Um, I, I mean, I, both are, both are tricky, both are difficult. It depends if you've if you've got something to say and you know where you're going, you're fine. I think whatever you're writing for, uh, whether you're writing for kids, family, friends, if you're writing for uh, on a commission for something, if you, if if you know where you're going, you've got a firm idea. I think it's easy. If you don't, you probably want to knock it on the head and uh, move aside. Yeah, yeah, that's fair point. That's fair point of it. Now, obviously, um, I want to ask you next to go on to your second book now. Lucy, about Lucy the Tooth Fairy. Now, obviously, um, how did this compare to writing your first book? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more, um, but also there was it was a bit trickier. So I thought, you know, I set myself a deadline and I, I wrote it more like a writer than than a, than a hobbyist, I suppose. The first one was more a collection of things which I kind of had anyway, and then I was kind of writing towards, you know, can I get that first book ready? Uh, but the second one, I had a firm idea of what I wanted to do. Um, and I had it in different sections. So there is funny stuff. There's the, the Lucy, the, the stories. I like the silly sausage story in the first one. The Lucy stories in about eight, nine parts. And that goes right through the book. Uh, and then, but there's also more serious stuff in there as well. I didn't just want to make people laugh. I wanted to be a bit more thought provoking in it. So there's a couple of poems in there about that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I found it easier, but more difficult, if that makes sense. Easier to go through the process of writing it and, and the illustrations I found a lot easier as well the second time. I've started to get a bit better at that as well. I was a bit nervous about my illustrations the first time. I think it is. I think the first book yourself on any writer, if you're poets, it's sometimes it's, and I don't like it in this word, but it can end up being a bit slapdash and without you meaning to be. Mm. So I think you probably brush it out. And I think sometimes you probably need to spend more time perhaps thinking it through. Yeah. It, it took me five years to do my second book, True Petonia. I had a massive oh, right, gap okay. at it. Just couldn't, I couldn't get the second book right. But it's what well, it goes that way sometimes. So I said, but yeah, so I get what you mean. Like it's when, when you do the second book, you probably, you're looking back at the first book and it's a reaction to the first book, really. I think the second one. Mm. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes that way. I think it's only natural. I think, I think you put pressure on yourself as well for your follow up in your second one. Yeah. Think, yeah. Uh, and I've, I found that straight away with it. So no, I agree. I agree. So right. Okay. Um, I know you've recently now, and this is your words, not mine before, you've broke your cherry nut on live <laughs> open mic nights, and I know you've done two 
You're wigging, haven't you? So uh, I've done three now. Oh, is it three now? Oh, yeah, I two, I different, two different events. Ah, right, ah, that's what yeah. really confused me. Oh, no, I've, I thought you'd done just two events, but you've done three. Tell us about them then. Ooh, I, uh, I enjoyed it. And I guess, it, I mean, I rocked up and saw some familiar faces, people who had only been in two dimensions on screens. Uh, but obviously then, you know, you meet them in person and, uh, you know, that, that was easy. Made it easier to sort of meet people so you knew who you were. You're sitting with uh, people you've seen online. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Again, I thought, warn people, you know, I am a children's writer. Um, but it, it went down well. Uh, my stuff went down well and uh, got some nice comments of other people there. And yeah, I think I fitted in okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think so. That's good to But me. yeah, I mean, that, that reason of being nervous uh, for, for not going in the past, I think uh, I look back and think that was a bit silly. I could have been doing this for years, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it is sometimes just trying to get yourself into the zone for doing it. And like I said, but I think once you connect with it yourself, it's going to be something you can be there for a long time. Yeah, I always believe that. Because like it is, I've been, what, reading, performing out full blimey, 14 years or so now, would oh, you right. believe? Wow. Yeah. And I had a spell, what, mid-2000s, where I stopped for about 18 months. Ago, as I was coming out of the... No, mid-2010, actually. I stopped for about 18 months because I was having trouble with the relationship I was in at the time. Not Amanda, okay. one before her. So I lost 18 months on that. Yeah. But then basically, I, after that, I finished, I came back to it. And it's, you know, I knew I'm going to go back. I'm going to carry on now the rest of my life, one way or another, don't you? So that's why. But I think you're probably the same. Way. Now the bug's bit, it's not going to go, is it? So Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, I always like to conclude with Rachel, start wrapping up now, is obviously what's coming up next. And this is great because you've told me now what you've got <laughs> yeah. coming up. Now, I'm going to have to let you, I'm going to leave the mic to you this one, but I know you've got another book called Gold Medal Hunters on the Way, another book of children's poetry. But before we come to those two, what is Nelly the Narrowboat? Ah, well, Nelly the Narrowboat is uh, kind of my my version of Thomas the Tank Engine, I guess. It was, uh, oh, brilliant. It was uh, an idea given to me by, uh, let me get this right, my sister's father-in-law, I think. A guy called Dave. <laughs> So, so sorry. Um, so and he, he had a canal barge for a while and he kept up dreaming up with these stories and saying, you know, it'd be nice if there was like a, a narrow boat version of Thomas the Tank Engine. So for a laugh, um, the following Christmas, I actually wrote a little story. I wrote a little poem, a story, and I printed it, made it look quite nice, and I gave it to him just for a bit of a laugh because I knew he was going to be around at Christmas. Uh, and I've still got that poem, and, and it is actually in... Uh, my last book, it's in Lucy. There's like there's two Nelly the Narrowboat stories in Lucy, uh, but I've got like six or seven of them written. Um, so the idea is to fully illustrate them and, and make you know maybe put like four or five stories into a book, and you know instead of just having two pages of these uh, these stories, uh, you know we'll, we'll make a full book out of them. So again, my illustrations are not uh, they don't come easy, so that's going to be a bit of a tricky one. So it's something I'm chipping away on at the moment. That one. Uh, the Gold Medal Hunter is um, fully illustrated as well. So there's seven poems uh, about animals doing sports. So there's an ostrich doing the long jump. There's uh, four penguins doing the bobsleigh. Uh, there's a hippo ice skating. So there's all these little stories. And again, they're all fully illustrated. So there's, I think they go over four or five, six pages each. Brilliant. So you said it's like three books coming up by yourself. So do you have a release line in Plantham, do you? Are they going to be all next year or a bit beyond that even? Well, the gold medal hunters was meant to be out for the 2020 Olympics. Ah, missed that. right. Missed so. that. 
But then yeah, actually the Olympics got delayed, so I was like, oh, okay. But then, because I teach a lot of foreign students, I mean, the Japanese students are all saying to me, we're not having it, we're not having it, we're not having the Olympics. Um, but of course, it did go ahead, but I wasn't ready. Um, so as I've just said, there's um, bobsleigh in there and there's um, ice skating in there and there's some summer Olympic sports. So maybe when the uh, Winter Olympics are kicking off and people are looking forward to that, I'll, uh, I'll, drop, uh, I'll drop gold medal hunters. And then fingers crossed and definitely with that mate so good luck of it definitely Thank now if people want to find out more about you know your books can we got on Amazon can't we they are on Amazon they are on Amazon is they available anywhere else people to get them most, mostly just Amazon that you're aware of uh, mostly Amazon only Amazon actually um, but if you DM me I've always got some underneath this desk behind me uh, which can be well, signed quite... and sent on if you DM me on Facebook or Instagram the... wherever you find me the question is, are, are they propping up your desk in at home? <laughs> no, no, at least keep the door open. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not that, they're not, he's not got that many, I can tell you that now, everybody. But obviously, like, you can be, I know you can be found on Facebook quite easy as Ray Douglas, can't you? That's right, yeah. And um, where, what's your page on Instagram then? Because I know you, you, I followed you the other day. Is it Ray Douglas again, is it? Uh, that's Mr. Ray Douglas, if you don't know. Oh, Mr. Mr. Oh, Mr. Ray Douglas, very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, okay, mate. What we're doing there, we'll wrap up now for you on the chat bit, so we're going to let you okay. get some pieces ready for us in the second half, but it's been tremendous. Cool. Thank you today, Ray. Been Thank a very you very much. Very entertaining chat, mate. So Absolute see pleasure. See you all in two minutes, guys. Thank you. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. This is my favourite time on the podcast now. I can sit back now and take the provisional Michael after Ray as he keeps us on entertained for I don't know how long for. I know he's got quite a few pieces for us. But the good thing is, hang around with each one of them. is going to be charming, eccentric, very Ray. And the views are quite short and concise. So I'm going to leave it over to you, mate. Go for it, mate. Thank you very much. OK, well, we'll start with this one. Globe Trotting, as mentioned, I've travelled quite a lot. I just wish I'd been to all of these places. This one's called Globetrotting. Tipperary, Timbuktu, Mid Glamorgan, Kathmandu, Northwest China, South Peru. Lots to see, lots to do. Johannesburg, Istanbul, New South Wales, Western Hull, Little Bighorn, Sitting Bull, Keeping Busy, Days Packed Full, Bratislava, Rome, Kuwait, Atlantic Ocean, River Plate, Bollywood, Hollywood, Golden Gate, Set Off Early, Stay Till Late. New England, Hampshire, Mexico, Bangkok, Thailand, Tokyo, Glasgow, Moscow, Old Cairo, pack your bags and off we go. There we go. Oh, what a great start. Great start, that one, mate. Because that's like, it's a great one, that, for introducing yourself to the rest of your poems, that's all. I'm going to shut up now. Carry on, mate. But excellent. <laughs> that's all right. Absolutely fine. Uh, well, inspired by being a teacher. So this one's called Homework. Can I have your homework, please? The teacher asked each kid. I knew I hadn't done it, but I guess I never did. But this is not the first time my homework has been missed. I'll need an explanation, but that's okay. I've got a list. Now, I've used the one about the dog, how it had eaten up my book. I've used the one about the wind, which blew my work beneath a truck. I've used the one about the rain, how it washed away the words. And I've used the one about the time I was attacked by scary birds. Now, with teacher fast approaching, I realise my list is through. So I panic just a little, wondering what to do. The teacher says, homework, please, and this time tell the truth. And I say, the fairy must have took it when she came for my front tooth. <laughs> oh, that... I can imagine that bit of true story to you there, actually. You've had some, <laughs> she was some children trying to use that as an excuse. That's all I'm going to say. I've heard them all. Heard them all. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can well believe that. And we're not going to say anything else there in case 
So I might ask you if you want to do them later on, but we don't embarrass the poor child. <laughs> right, go for it, mate. Give us number three. I'm going to do three together. There we go. Uh, and these are all about that most joyous of bodily functions, which children and adults seem to enjoy. Okay. The first one is uh, when people read my books, they say this is their favourite one, the one they remember the most. It's annoying because it's very simple. It's called Bubbles. I dare you not to giggle. I dare you not to laugh. When your bottom drumps and makes bubbles in the bath. And that's it. That's all it was. The people seem to like that one. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. They always say, oh, toilet humour always works, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so with that in mind, my next book featured this one. Uh, it's called When a Fart. When a fart is spreading and everywhere it goes, people have to close their eyes and tightly hold their nose. And as the fart travels round the tables, chairs and doors, can you stop yourself from laughing when you know it's one of yours? <laughs> and this is my current favourite poem. Um, and in light of that, I called it greatest. Why not? Have you let one go? Have you let one rip? Are you worried that your undies are chocolate chip? Have you caused the stink? Did you cut the cheese? Have you set one free, free in the breeze? Did your raspberry ripple? Did your bum bum pump? Did the sofa start shaking with the power of your trump? Did the air turn foggy? Did faces go green like wicked old witches on wicked Halloween? Was it silent but deadly? Was it tremendous and loud? Are you pleased with yourself? Are you feeling rather proud? Was your bottom burp ace? Was it a fine work of art? And in the history of wind, was it the greatest ever fart? <laughs> oh, yeah, greatest, the word, definitely a good word there, mate. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, this is actually the first serious poem, serious daft poem that I wrote. Um, yeah, so it's called If Aliens Play Football. You know, sometimes you get bored watching a match, don't you? You start to wonder. If aliens played football, would they be any good? With extra feet and longer legs, you get the feeling that they would. For sure they can run faster and kick the ball much harder too. And with all those eyes, it's certain they get a better point of view. If it's true, like in the movies, that they can read each other's thoughts, which can really help in football and lots of other sports, because then they can be silent, but tell each other how to play instead of shouting loudly and giving the game away. I hope if aliens do play football, they don't have extra feet. Their legs are short, their eyesight's bad and they're easy to defeat. I hope their goalkeeper is rubbish and it cannot even catch, especially since coach said we're playing them next match. <laughs> oh, tremendous. <laughs> okay. Well, let's pick up with uh, the Silly Sausage Saga. This is part two. This is where uh, the Silly Sausage himself just kind of worked out that he's, uh, well, he's, he's worked out where he is and what he is, maybe. So, Silly Sausage Saga, part two. A silly little sausage, still feeling rather cold, had worked out where he was, so was feeling rather bold. I bet my bottom dollar that a fridge is where we're at. My word, he's gone and got it, the mushroom said to that. So how did we both get here? Tell me, mushroom, what's your plan? Whatever do you mean, sausage? We've done everything we can. I've made a right mess of that, sorry. Adds <laughs> 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 to the flavour, adds to the flavour then. <laughs> Let's have another go with that one. The, the, the key sort of plot line was a bit fluffed. A silly little sausage, still feeling rather cold, had worked out where he was. So was feeling rather bold. I bet my bottom dollar that a fridge is where we're at. My word, he's gone and got it. The mushroom said to that. So how do we get out of here? Tell me, mushroom, what's the plan? Whatever do you mean, sausage? 
We've done everything we can. Soon enough, we'll be on a plate, all cooked up like a treat. Achieved our certain destiny, be something nice to meet. Oh, that's not the way I see it. That's not the life for me. And if we work together, I reckon we can still be free. Mushroom said, well, I'm not helping. Sausage sighed, oh, thanks a bunch. Mushroom answered, let's face it. Soon we'll both be served for lunch. That's <laughs> <laughs> more like it, more like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought I'd have a quick look at my uh, my YouTube channel earlier, and these are uh, these next two are the most the two most watched on my on my YouTube channel. So if you don't like them, someone does. <laughs> this one's called Salad Time. Oh no, it's Salad Time. There are strange things on my plate. Oh no, it's Salad Time. These are all the things I hate. Oh no, it's Salad Time. Why can't I have fries? Oh no, it's Salad Time. I've got tears behind my eyes. Oh no, it's salad time, and you know just what this means because every time it's salad time, I have to eat my greens. Top banana, top banana. Right, I can't forget, I can't say top vegetable, right? so I'll say top banana. <laughs> uh, this one I wrote for um, National Poetry Day this year. So, as you probably are aware, the theme was choice. So, I wrote a poem called Choice. What a dilemma. I'm scratching my head. First I want that one, then this one instead. Can't make up my mind, can't seem to choose. Too much to bamboozle, too much to confuse. A selection of goodies, a whole host of treats. Snacks for the choosing, even biscuits and sweets. In bright shiny packets, behind the glass screen, the display of delights in a vending machine. There's a nice bar of chocolates if I go for B7. Some salted peanuts at C11. There are crisps and candy and licorice to chew. Behind A3, D4 and E22. I put in my pound 10 minutes ago. I still need to choose, and yet still, I don't know. A queue is formed behind me. There are six in a line. Oh, hang on a second. There are seven, eight, nine. I'm flipping, I'm flopping, I'm changing my mind. Causing frustration for those still behind. But I can't make a selection. I cannot decide. It's the vending machine. There's too much inside. So I press one button, and I get my pound back. I just couldn't do it. I could not choose a snack. I walk away in the end. Those in the queue all rejoice. And I guess I can't handle being so spoiled for choice. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> How many pieces did we say we're going to go with today, right? Uh, I've got a couple more left if you want them. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, mate. Yeah. We've got tons of time tonight, right? Tons of time. Tons of time. Well, we haven't got tons of it. We haven't got all year, but yeah, you know what, you know what I mean, mate. Go, <laughs> no, go for it, mate. We'll, we'll put on red hats. We'll stay till Christmas Eve. Oh, God, yeah. Make it, <laughs> make it, make it a six-week podcast. Make a record of it. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the beginning of the Two Fairy uh, story, at least the Two Fairy's last chance. So this is how it begins. Stood in the office of Two Fairy Boss. He was ranting and raving and getting all cross. Lucy was shaken, a little bit scared, and couldn't speak back. Not that she dared. It's not good enough, Two Fairy Boss said. You keep waking them up when they're sleeping in bed. That's not the point. It's not how you were trained. Never before have so many complained. Letters and emails and phone calls we've had from each angry mum and each angry dad to complain on their to complain on behalf of their sons and their daughters. And that shouldn't happen, not at two fairy headquarters. So tonight has to be your very last chance. No ifs and no buts, no song and no dance. One more simple job, straight there and straight back. Make any mistakes and you'll get the sack. 
Dead with authority there, as all I noticed, right? <laughs> well, I'll just do a few more, and then we'll... Yeah. This is slightly more uh, thought-provoking one, I think. This one's called Families. And this was written when um, someone got in touch with me and sort of said, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember me, I'm an old friend of a friend, and my mum knows your mum. And Anyway, I've got your book, and I read it to my daughter, her adopted daughter. And she says, I always take um, the advantage of you being adopted, me, myself, being adopted, then to talk to my daughter about adoption and how normal it is. And, you know, look, adopted people are around us. So that got me thinking about families when I wrote this. It's called Families. Have you got two mamas? Have you got two papas? Do you happen to have one of each? Do you have a home with your mother? Does your dad have another? Well, you get to go and see him every week. Or is it dependable dad who's back at your pad, making sure that you sleep and you eat? Is it auntie or grandma, your uncle, your grandpa, who's helping you find your own feet? Are you currently fostered? Have you been adopted? Got a new loving family of your own? Got brothers and sisters, mother, mothers and misters? Or an only child who's happy alone? Do you need to be stronger? Because your mummy's no longer. Does your daddy look on from above? Well, all families are different. With one thing consistent, they're all held together with love. Oh, oh you can be nice sometimes, Ray, can't you? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes we leave the dash stuff around. But we'll do one more daft one, and then I'll say goodbye. <laughs> this one's called Pants. <laughs> Dirty pants, mucky pants, smelly pants, yucky pants, greasy, reeky, foul pants, and honking knickers too. Nasty pants, icky pants, grimy pants, sticky pants, messy, grotty, stale pants, and stinking trousers too. Filthy pants, wicky pants, shabby pants, sniffy pants, scummy, grubby, wild pants, and sweating sweaters too. Stuffy pants, cruddy pants. Scruffy pants, muddy pants, funky, spicy, vile pants, and rotting jumpers too. And that's why it's always best to stay away, to turn and run a mile from the dusty, rusty, musty, crusty, dirty washing pile. Agreed. Agreed completely <laughs> there. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you to that today, Rach. been tremendous, mate. Really, really enjoyed it, mate. After having got all kinds of problems getting home to that public transport from work, you picked my <laughs> evening at right old mate. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. So thank you again, mate. Anyway, so hang around. So I do need to speak to you now. We're wrap, wrapping up here. So okay. seriously, mate, been a pleasure today. Come on board again thank when you. the next the next book's out next year, mate. I'd love to have you on again, will. mate. I certainly will. Well, I'll be off then. Cheerio. See you later. Off I go. Yeah. Yeah. Off and out, back and on, by which <laughs> I mean later on. Be lucky. Stay safe. Bye-bye, Satar. Don't you go changing. Stay as you are. Toodle pip, Andy. <laughs> so long as you. And until next time, take care of you. Got you. <laughs> Sounds great to me. I don't. I don't need to do another ending on that. Definitely. So, take care, guys. I'll see you all next time. Spoken. Mate.